Treehouse products are crafted to bring you the best that legal, delivered-to-your-door THC has to offer. Treehouse utilizes unique blends of carefully selected minor cannabinoids that get you lit in ways you've only ever dreamed of. From Delta 8 vape pens with innovative blends of Delta 9 and THCP, to the tastiest HHC-infused syrups and hemp flower pre-rolls on the planet, Treehouse has got you covered. Ready to delight in dank gummies and puff-powerful vapes? Head over to treehouse.com. That's T-R-E-H-O-U-S-E.com. There's only one E, not two, in treehouse.com. When you go there, get 30% off your order and a free Acapulco Gold HHC pre-roll. You can use the coupon code GENIUS. That's G-E-N-I-U-S. This offer expires August 31st, 2023. Grab your goodies and meet us for some fun in the treehouse. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. Uh, Today, my guest is Marco Vigi. He's a researcher at the IMDEA Water Institute. We're going to be talking about microplastics and how they are taking a toll on aquatic uh, ecologies all over the world. So, Marco, thank you for coming. How are you doing? Fine, thanks. So, tell me about uh, your work. Are you studying aquatic uh, ecology in general, or uh, just microplastics? What, what's your work about? Yes, I am an I am an ecotoxicologist in general. Uh, I am working now in the Indea Water Institute, that is an institute working in uh, in water research, and uh, I am the responsible of the aquatic ecotoxicology uh, group, research group. Uh, About microplastic, I am now involved in uh, an European project on microplastics so one of our research item are uh, plastics and microplastics so microplastics come from where how do they get into bodies of water uh, but the project i am working now is a project on the water cycle in agriculture so evaluating the risk in the in the water cycle from rivers irrigation agriculture and back to surface water this is more or less the cycle that we are studying uh, however to understand this type of cycle it is important to uh, better understand in general the the cycle, the origin of uh, of of microplastic. But uh, so, I think you know, that in order okay. to talk about microplastic, it is important to talk in general to about plastic because uh, microplastics are only a component of the problem. The problem are plastic, and we have macro. Micro, micro and nano plastic. Uh, in this scheme, in my opinion, microplastic are really 
are not the major, are only a part of the general problem of plastic, probably the, the less relevant. The real problem are plastic on one side, on the bigger side. On the smaller side, there are nanoplastics that are the unknown, because we don't know anything about them. In between, there are the micro. Well, so where, does, where do plastics come from? Is it that, I mean, how do they get to be micro and nano sized? You know, if I throw away a, a soda bottle, how does it become microplastic or nanoplastic? But there are uh, two different types of microplastic, of microplastic in terms of their origin. Uh, there are the so-called primary microplastic. Uh, primary microplastic are the microplastic uh, intentionally produced. Uh, is a, a material, a small uh, spheres, plastic uh, pellets and spheres that are added, for example, in cosmetics, uh, in toothpaste, uh, in, 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 and in other, in other techniques. Then there are the secondary microplastic that are the microplastic non-intentionally produced. And they derive from the fragmentation of bigger plastic, of big items, bottles, uh, and, and any other type of, of, uh, of item made of plastic. That's for a physical agents, erosion, um, light and temperature, uh, big plastic can be fragmented in, in fragment, in, in smaller and smaller fragment up to the so-called microplastic. Microplastic are defined as the particle smaller than five milliliters, millimeter, up to one micrometer. Hmm. Below one micrometer are called nanoplastic. But this is an arbitrary definition because uh, nanoplastic are not a meaning uh, comparable to nanomaterials. Nanomaterials are technological material of small dimension produced to have some particular properties uh, and are used in many technological applications. Nanoplastic. So what are some of the, um, the problems as plastics get smaller? What does it do to wildlife? Plastic becomes smaller just uh, due to, to physical, uh, physical agents. But how does it affect fish and other life? Please? Yes. Fish, especially. How does it affect fish you know, and birds and people as the plastics get smaller? Is there a certain range of size that is very bad? Yeah, the problem is that uh, we know we can study, we, we, we know something, about relatively small particle of plastic, the so-called microplastic. But below a given uh, size, it is practically impossible to study because there are no, no methods for sampling, for measuring, uh, for the observation uh, we need for very, very complex uh, tools and instruments. So uh, below a given size, in general below 5-10 micrometer, 
it is extremely difficult to study this material and we don't know practically anything. So nanoplastics are the unknown components of plastic. Well, why are they so hard to study? Please? Why are they so hard to study? What is difficult to study? so hard to study because there are no methods for sampling and for measuring. So, for example, we don't know how many uh, are present in, in the environment. We can sample and measure uh, microplastic in a range, in the size range between some millimeter and some tens of micrometer. So we can sample with nets, with several types of devices. We can measure and analyze with relatively complex analytical methods, but we can. On the contrary, for very small particles, in particular particles in the range of a few micrometers up to the nanometer range, we are not capable to measure. We have no instrument for measure them. So we don't know the concentration, the presence, how, how, how big, how high is the presence in the environment. We know which is the concentration of microplastic in water, for example. We can measure the concentration of microplastic in water, but we can't measure the concentration of nanoplastic in water. We don't don't have the the instrument capable to do it. Do these um, plastics have charge? Can you use charge separation or filters, you know, uh, microfilters that could filter them out? Yes, it is possible to collect by an ultrafiltration, but you take note that we don't know how many they are. For example, for sampling uh, microplastic in water, we have to filter to, in order to have a reliable sample with enough material to be analyzed uh, if we are measuring the concentration in relatively clean water, for example, marine water, lake water, river water, we have to filter uh, several cubic meters on small on, on nets, nets with relatively small mesh. But we can't filter cubic meter on some very small filters capable to retain nanoplastic. We can't filter 10 cubic meter on a, in, in, in ultrafiltration to retain nanoplastic. Then if we could be capable to, 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 to obtain this type of sample that is extremely complex, difficult, practically impossible, we, have, we are not, we can't measure, we can't analyze the amount of, of microplastic that are present. Treehouse live rosin liquid diamond vape pens combine the impressive taste and potency of live rosin extract with the power of liquid THC diamonds to bring you an unrivaled buzz and mouth-watering flavor profile. If you like getting lit, head over to treehouse.com. That's T-R-E-H-O-U-S-E.com. One E, not two. When you go there, take your vape game up to new heights. Enjoy 30% off your order and get a free Acapulco Gold HHC pre-roll when you use coupon code GENIUS. Again, that's G-E-N-I-U-S. 
Hurry because the offer expires August 31st, 2023. Treehouse, the best that legal, delivered to your door, THC has to offer. What is the effect of micro and nanoplastics on living yeah. creatures? Going to the effect. The effect is another problem. We know the effect of micro. And the effect of microplastic is very low. Uh, all tests performed on aquatic and terrestrial organisms, aquatic and terrestrial animals, indicate that at concentration, at uh, uh, concentration that are ecologically realistic, this means concentration comparable to the concentration that we can found in the natural ecosystem, like rivers, lake, marine water, microplastic have practically no effect. It is practically impossible to assess adverse effects at concentration ecologically realistic. It is possible to assess adverse effects on aquatic animals, for example, uh, only at concentrations that are orders of magnitude higher than the environmentally realistic. But the problem is that the effect of plastic, of microplastic, of, of fragments of dimension in the range of a few millimeters up to some tens of micrometers, the effect can be only a physical effect. They are not toxic. Plastic are, by definition, uh, chemically inert so are not toxicologically active. So the only possible effect of microplastics is a physical effect. And this may occur only a concentration very, very high. This means concentration that are much higher than the really occurring in the... This is for micro. But for nano, we don't know if nano, nanoplastic, it means fragments of the dimension of a few nanometers, we don't know if this material can enter into the cell. We don't know if... Well, what, about, um, what about how bacteria interact with micro and nanoplastics? Has that been observed, that they attract bacteria? Uh, nanoplastic are uh, uh, the size of nanoplastic is so small that are smaller than uh, bacteria. Uh, microplastic uh, can attract. Uh, uh, can bacteria can be absorbed on any solid support that can be found in water. Can be found on. Uh, uh, wood surface uh, on any other type of surface and also on, on plastic. So any 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 solid support emerged in water can be can be can be covered by by periphyton, by bacteria and organs. When we are talking about nanoplastics, but nanoplastics are smaller than bacteria. And well have you have you found particular bacteria that are attracted to microplastics? Are there certain ones that eat the plastic, not just live on them? Bacteria then eat the plastic, sorry. I, I, it's a quite noisy. Yeah, are there, are, there, are there bacteria that eat plastic or that, uh, yeah, that degrade it? Uh, the, the degradation of plastic is, is, a, is an enormous problem. Uh, as far we know, 
plastics are not biodegradable. Uh, in general, bacteria are not capable to degrade plastic uh, because they have not the, the enzyme capable to attack plastic. Uh, there are some recent, uh, there is some recent literature uh, about some organisms that, that can produce some enzyme capable to attack plastics, but this is uh, still at the investigation level. We, uh, our knowledge about that is very, is very scarce at the moment. It seems that something can uh, attack and degrade uh, plastics, but in general, bacteria that degrade organic matter cannot degrade plastic. This is one of the major characteristics of plastic, because the, the reason that uh, produces the enormous amount of in our world in the last or 70 years uh, are several, because plastic have a, 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 a lot of advantage. Plastic are cheap, cheap, not expensive, are versatile, can be produced in an enormous type of substances of object uh, it, with, in, of plastics, like films, like fibers, like uh, rigid plastic, flexible plastic. Uh, are so cheap plastics that are excellent for disposable objects or for packaging. So all these reasons make plastic one of the most important items in our life. And another characteristic is that plastic are persistent. So all objects made of plastic are long-lasting. This can be an advantage, but is also an enormous are persistent because cannot attack, attack it by bacteria as all other organic matter. So a, a plastic bag can survive, can remain uh, not degraded through biodegradation for uh, 100 years or more. So it's not degraded by bacteria, but can be fragmented, as I told before, can be fragmented by physical agents. So a plastic bag is transformed in small fragments, and so it is transformed in, in micro. The micro fragments are uh, again fragmented up to the nanosats, and this is the destiny of, uh, of plastic. If we consider that uh, in the last uh, 50 years, the amount of plastic is in the order of hundreds of millions of tons. I don't remember now the, 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 the precise number, but it's an, a, a, an impressive number. Uh, so we can understand that the world now is invaded. So what do you want to figure out about plastics specifically? What are you researching? But in our research now, we studied, as I told before, the cycle uh, of plastic in the agricultural system. For example, uh, plastics are present in, uh, uh, in wastewater. 
uh, waste water is, is treated in waste water treatment plants and uh, treatment plants are capable to retain a, a, a large percentage of plastic. More or less, a waste water treatment plants uh, can retain up to 99% of microplastic present in untreated effluent. But these plastic retained are accumulated in the sludge of the treatment plant. The sludge is frequently used as a fertilizer in agriculture. And so uh, the, the sludge applied in, uh, in, uh, in agricultural fields release, can release this microplastic in soil, can release microplastic through runoff, and runoff can bring this microplastic in, in surface water, in river, and up to the, the, the final receptor that in any case, is the ocean, is the sea. So all plastic, macroplastic like bottles, bags, and so on, microplastic deriving from fragmentation in agriculture, in, uh, in, uh, in landfill, in, uh, from urban runoff and other, other sources, everything is transported. Uh, so it's, uh, it, it sounds like it's very important to get rid of the large plastic in any body of water because a large piece of plastic will degrade into millions of microplastic. Yes, but uh, to date, if we consider the effects of the different classes of plastic, there is the risk of macroplastic for marine animals, for example, is largely documented in the literature. Big marine animals like cetacean, like turtles, like birds, like big fish, eat plastic and can die through, uh, because plastic cannot be digested. And uh, it is proven that the mortality of big animals determined by the ingestion of uh, big plastic items like uh, uh, bags uh, or, or bottles can produce uh, intestinal occlusions and animals will die. For example, turtles eat uh, intentionally plastic bags because a plastic bag floating can uh, is similar to, to a jellyfish. Mm. Turtle eat jellyfish and so they eat plastic bag uh, because they appear like jellyfish. And if a turtle ingests a, a plastic bag, will die because uh, a, 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 an intestinal occlusion will. So big plastics are really a danger for big marine animals. Small plastics are not a danger for the moment because at the concentration that can be found in the environment, as I told before, it is impossible to uh, observe any type of negative effect. Then the third level, the nano, may be dangerous, but we don't know. We can also make hypotheses because we cannot, uh, it is also very difficult to make tests at concentration that are ecologically realistic. 
So on nanoplastic, we don't know almost anything. So are you um, working with conservation groups or groups to help get rid of plastics and you know, large plastics and bodies of water? Like what do you think the first steps should be right now to try to reduce the problem? But if we also consider that uh, the risk for uh, big plastic is documented, and if we consider that microplastic derive practically almost totally from the fragmentation of macroplastics, any type of uh, intervention of uh, mitigation measure, of control measure, should be done on the macroplastic. Because for, uh, I told before that we know two types of microplastic, the primary and the secondary. Uh, but if we uh, consider a, a all uh, sampling campaign that have been performed in uh, in natural environment. Primary microplastic represents a really small percentage, usually less than one percent. The ninety nine percent of the total microplastic amount in in the environment is determined by secondary micro, so by fragmentation fragmentation of big items or fiber, for example. Any cycle of washing machine, domestic washing machine, produce millions of fiber coming from synthetic textiles. All these fibers go in uh, wastewater and are distributed in, in the environment. This is another enormous source of microplastics. Another important source of microplastic are tight debris, the, and these derive mainly from the uh, urban runoff, the debris of, uh, of, uh, of tires that are consumed and release small pieces on the street. All these small pieces are washed during rain events, are transported to runoff, go in surface water, in rivers, and this is another relevant component. So practically we have three major components of the secondary non-intentional microplastic that are fragmentation of bags, bottles, and other items, fibers from washing machines, and tight debris. It's amazing. There's so many sources of stuff. I, what, what do you think is going to be the best way to to handle this, to find new ways to filter water or to stop the uh, the large plastics getting into the water system. But what about clothes? And it's, it's hard to figure out what to do to help. I think that the best way is to control plastic. Because now, for example, in Europe, there is a project for a regulation for controlling primary microplastic. So for controlling uh, microbeds that are present in cosmetics. But this is not effective. It's not effective because uh, are only a very small percentage of the total. So it's not really an effective mitigation. The most important measure will be 
the control of macro. For example, in Europe this year, uh, I don't know what will happen now with the, 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 the COVID problems, uh, but there is a, an European regulation that will uh, ban, totally ban in 2020, the, uh, some disposable plastic items like uh, uh, glasses, uh, and vessels, um, and other type of uh, single-use items. This is a, a, this can be useful, but it's not enough. The majority of plastics that are immediately disposed and uh, going landfill and produce fragments are packaging. So it is important to try to reduce away packaging. I am old enough uh, to remember that in the first part of my life, uh, the world was not made on plastic. Uh, right, it was paper and glass and other stuff. Yes, yes, other stuff, glass. But I remember that uh, milk was in glass bottles, water was in glass bottles. Uh, plastic began to, to, to be extremely important in the, after the 60s, more or less, of the last century. And then increased exponentially, and now is uh, the most important material in our life. But I think that it would be possible and is necessary to try to go back and to try to, to use alternative materials like, uh, like paper, like, uh, like glass, uh, we can eliminate completely. I think that in, in, in any case, this type of inter intervention should be uh, realistic. In some cases, plastic cannot be eliminated, even in disposable items. Uh, if we think, uh, for example, to sanitary items, for this type of, of things, plastic is perfect because it's very hygienic, can be, uh, can be sterilized easily after the use is eliminated. So for sanitary item, plastic is perfect. But for domestic uses, for example, we can use something different. So it is important, first of all, to uh, reduce the use of macroplastics. More difficult will be, for example, the elimination of fibers, because I don't think that now we can drastically reduce the use of synthetic textiles that are part of our lives. Everything we use uh, is totally or partly artificial. Yeah, and, that's true. It's very difficult. And this will, this will be difficult. I think that this could be, some intervention could be possible with some different technology in washing machines, with some system of filtering and retaining in washing machines, and then disposing this amount of fiber that will be collected in some uh, more uh, safe way, not discarding in, uh, in surface water, but... Uh, 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 you, you would probably have to classify washing machine water as a hazardous waste and require filtration 
Yes. And then you would have like a, like, just like we have a lint trap, we would also have a microfiber or plastic yes. trap. Yes. Yeah. This could be, could be another possible uh, intervention. Hmm. Okay. About tight debris, I don't know what we can do because wells of car, we should use less car. <laughs> this is another possibility. This will be also uh, positive for many other aspects, less energy consumption, less uh, pollu air pollution, but tight debris are, are another relevant source of this type of material. So there is no one intervention, no one measure capable to solve the problem. It's important a complex policy of several types of intervention, in some cases uh, acting at the origin when the, the, the material is produced by reduce the amount of this material that is introduced in our lives. Other, other measures should be uh, effective uh, download, downstream. So like filters uh, or something like, there are different types of different methods that should be uh, taken into account, considered, implemented. Well, very good. Marco, what is the best way for people to learn more about these three types of pollution and to figure out uh, ways to stop them? Uh, which is the best way? It, it is not easy because the, there is a huge amount of fake news in this, in this field. Uh, the best way should be uh, being capable to, 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 to select among the enormous amount of information uh, the correct information. I can, I can make an example. Uh, everybody knows that in the middle of the ocean, for example, of the Pacific Ocean, there is an area where the marine currents concentrate. And uh, in, um, on the web, there are many, many websites that are talking about the plastic islands in the ocean. And the idea, the message, that is transmitted is that there is in the middle of the Pacific Ocean an island where people can, can walk mid, that is formed by millions and millions of tons of plastic. And this is a fake news huh. because it is true that in the middle of the ocean there is an area where plastic are concentrated. But the concentration of plastic is, is of 70 grams per square kilometer. Oh, that's nothing. 70 dispersed. It is enormous if you consider that this is in the middle of the ocean, thousands thousand of kilometers far from any source, and is an area extended like... Uh, uh, like Texas, more or less. So it's astonishing, but it's not an island where people can walk. So it's an area when so you... So they call are... it a, a, a gyre, the Pacific gyre of garbage, like the garbage patch or gyre? Yes, but looking in internet, I, this is uh, uh, an example that I, I, 
tested personally some days ago. Looking in internet, you can find hundreds of uh, newspaper articles, uh, websites, uh, talking about this plastic island, and only one scientific article that explains exactly what it means. Every hundred fake news, you can find one scientific correct news. So it is very difficult to select the, the real correct news in, uh, in a forest of, uh, of fake news. And the same for with, with microplastics. There is an alarm. Microplastics, there is danger for human health from, from microplastic. There is microplastic in the salt that you use at home uh, in your... Uh, yes, this is true. Microplastics are in the, in the sea, and this is normal that in the salt that you use for your dishes, uh, there is some fragment. But if you eat some fragment of plastic, it's absolutely safe. It's, that doesn't matter. It's not dangerous at all. So uh, it is important to understand what we are talking about. Plastic is fixed, but there is a lot of fake news. Has, have, have people been tested? And has plastic been found in people's stool or just in their, in their blood or in their tissues? Uh, in the blood, in the blood, I don't, don't no, no, no. Uh, in our digestive tract, for sure, we have some plastic. We ingest some plastic every day, every day, because microplastics are present in, 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 in several types of material of food that we eat. So there is no doubt that we every day can ingest two, three, ten small particles of microplastics. But it's impossible that they go in our blood because they remain in our digestive tract, cannot cross the cell membranes, and so are eliminated through the fishes without any type of danger. Mm, okay. The problem, as I told before, what we don't know is the smaller particles, the nanoplastic, can cross membrane, cellular membrane, and enter in the blood? We don't know. This, we don't know. Okay. Well, very good. Marco, um, thank you for coming on the podcast. And okay. I, I know it's, it's I not good, it new, good news, but at least uh, you're able to inform people about what's going on. So thank you for all that you do. Okay. Thank you. Remember, before you go, you've got to check out treehouse.com. That's T-R-E, only one E. T-R-E-H-O-U-S-E dot com. They offer an array of premium legal THC products, including gummies, vapes, pre-rolls, and more. And they're all delivered right to your doorstep. With unique blends of carefully selected cannabinoids, all rigorously lab-tested to ensure quality and consistency, Treehouse products give you the buzz you simply can't get anywhere else. Head over to Treehouse.com. That's T-R-E-H-O-U-S-E dot com. Remember, there's one E, not two. And enjoy 30% off your order and get Acapulco Gold HHC pre-rolls when you use the coupon code GENIUS at checkout. Hurry because the offer expires August 31st, 2023. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. 
If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.